Hello, Sweat. I'm Jack Brady, and this is the Sweatcast, the weekly podcast that provides industry knowledge about the latest trends in the world of sport and fitness. All right, everybody, welcome back for another week of the Sweatcast. I'm your host, Jack Brady, and we're actually here with another Jack, Jack Cucci, who is the owner of Hybrid Strength, which is a powerlifting gym in Long Island, New York. So, Jack, why don't you just start off by telling us a little bit about you and sort of how you got into powerlifting? Well, short story is uh, I've been in the fitness my whole life. Basically, fell in love with muscle building, bodybuilding when I was about 10 or 12 on magazines, Muscle and Fitness. Uh, did it basically my whole life. Uh, you know, like a lot of kids, my dream was always to have a gym. So after 20 years of laying brick, I took the money that I put aside and I invested in a small powerlifting club. That's awesome. And how, how many years did you say you've been doing it for? I was started when I was about 10 and I'm 42. Okay, so 30 years of experience. 30, 30 years of experience. Great. So just to, if you could quickly, what exactly is powerlifting and how is it different from bodybuilding right. or working out or anything like that? Powerlifting basically aesthetics and, and how you look play no part in it at all. Um, it's about your performance on three basic lifts. It's the bench press, the squat, and the deadlift. Uh, basically, what we're trying to do is get the highest total. It's the accumulation of all three lifts put total together. And, uh, you know, it has, like I said, it has nothing to do with physique or there's no way that it can be misinterpreted. Whoever's the strongest wins. Yeah. It's just, you can't really lie against uh, the iron, right? Nope, that's it. <laughs> so, Kind of going off that, that, that's really different than a lot of the trends that you see in, in now 2018 where everyone is focused on how they look and and sort of like that lean muscle that everyone desires. So how do you kind of see powerlifting fitting into like this new wave of fitness? Um, I think powerlifting is always going to be its own separate bubble. Um, at, the, at the end of the day, a lot, a lot of the powerlifters currently are becoming a little more aesthetic, paying a little bit more attention to diet and detail, and they're looking a little bit better than the powerless of, of past, where it was just eat, 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 and get as big as you can, as strong as you can. Yeah. Um, believe it or not, the way we train, which is not building mass is our primary goal, it, it, it allows... It, it's a good way to train because it's functional in daily life. It'll help you carry groceries. It'll help you walk upstairs. It'll make you stronger in everyday life. Where bodybuilding, basically, you don't have to be strong. You know, yeah. it's just you're trying to increase muscle size and how you look, which is great. But, I mean, it's like having a Ferrari with a lawnmower engine. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I feel like, you know, with bodybuilding, it's almost like it's, it's not about how much you can bench. It's about how much it looks like you can bench. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, if I was to get into to powerlifting, are, are the goals simply of a powerlifter to to maximize those three exercises? Is there anything well, else that... You're for, well, when you, when you first get involved in powerlifting, the most important thing is becoming proficient at the three lifts, getting yeah. your technique down on the squat, the deadlift, and bench. You know, so you spend a lot of time with the three main lifts. Yeah. Once you start seeing where your weakness is on those three main lifts, then you can bring on accessory movements They'll help you get better at the three main lifts. A bodybuilder will go into the gym and he'll train chest and buys. Yeah. So the goal that day is to do everything to make your chest and buys bigger. Powerlifter come into the gym and say it's bench day. So yeah. we bench and we do whatever else we need to do to make our bench press better. Or squat and whatever exercises we feel will make our squat better. So we're not training muscle specific, we're training movement specific. Gotcha. So I feel like... 
with a lot of those exercises, um, there's a lot of room for injury, especially with deadlift or squats. Um, so that, that just makes technique all the more important. So how do you kind of perfect that technique for someone who's maybe doesn't really spend, know what they're doing? Well, basically, you know, if you, we'll spend a lot, or with a new guy, we'll spend a lot of time at sub-maximal or 90% of your one rep max and below honing technique. Gotcha. You know, so form degradation usually falls off, falls off, like as the heavier you get. So yeah. we'll spend a little bit of time at the lighter weights, building movement patterns and get proficient. All right, cool. So now, like, kind of going off of that. Now, when people or like the general public think of powerlifters, a lot of times they just picture this guy in the gym lifting as much as he can, um, and and they don't really see themselves, you know, fitting in with that mold. But obviously, there's a lot more behind it than just lifting weights. So, what is sort of like some of the nutrition plans or or like whatever? you know, what to eat, what not to eat, to sort of help people maximize these exercises? Well, in powerlifting, obviously, you need fuel to perform. Yeah. So, you know, we tend to take in a little bit more carbohydrates than the average, you know, to sustain our energy throughout their long workouts, a lot of uh, energy expended on the heavy lifts. Um, as far as that, you know, diet's person to person as far as I'm concerned. You know, everybody's requirements are going to be different. Um, I'm far from an expert on nutrition. If I know it works for me, I like to ha keep my carbs at double my body weight, my protein yeah. about double my body weight. Yeah. Um, I like to drink something with some simple, fast-acting, simple carbs while I train, you know, okay. if it's going to be a longer session. And, uh, you know, for strength, I've always liked creatine. Yeah. So I have no problem with rotating and cycling creatine in my diet also. Gotcha. Okay. Now, um, you mentioned sort of, like, when you're working out, you you drink something. What, so what exactly... Like, I, you know, you usually don't hear, like, people taking in calories in liquid form is a good thing. So. Well, what, what, is, what it is, as, you, as you're depleting glycogen, you're not going to obviously perform best. And we're looking to perform. Yeah. You know, so to us, that's important, to maintain performance throughout the entire workout. I want to be kind of strong the whole workout. Um, so what I'll do is do a fast-acting, simple carb, like something that's high in sugar. Yeah. Believe it or not, a lot of power lifters like to eat candy. Yeah. You know, like Sour Patch Kids or Gummy Worms, something that's going to give you quick... Uh, glycogen replacement and help you sustain your weights and your strength throughout the workout. Gotcha. So how long is a, a typical powerlifting workout? I imagine it's got to be longer than... They could go anywhere from, I'd say, 45 minutes to... Not that this is my preference, yeah. but there's guys that spend two hours and change. That's a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah it's a lot of time. Um, so if you're, if, you, if you're pushing yourself to the max, there's got to be some sort of recovery method as well. So what are like some of the biggest... Like tips and tricks in terms of being able to recover after pushing your muscles. So, well, first first thing is if you're smart with your training and your program, you cycle your intensities. You yeah. can only you can only perform at your peak intensity for so long, or something's gonna break. It'd be like driving a car in the red line for too long; something's gonna blow. Yeah. So if you cycle your intensities properly, and we do what's called the deload, it's a, it's a very low intensity week mixed in every three weeks, four weeks, whenever we feel. Uh, mentally fatigued, nervous system, uh, central nervous system's fatigue, muscular fatigue. Uh, we'll rotate in a week where we come in. Basically, we'll do the movements, but half weight, half reps, half volume, and we'll use that as recovery. Um, also, during the week, you could do, we do many workouts sometimes, which is just get a lot of blood back to the area to help aid in recovery and stuff like that. I don't do too much of all that, but yeah. you know, there's the people that like to do it. So, 
if you know obviously in January and February people love to get into fitness or have New Year's resolutions so say if I'm someone who's looking to get into powerlifting but I have absolutely no experience in it and I don't really know where to start I'm a little intimidated by it even what would what would your advice to me or what kind of program would you put someone like me on basically I would say the powerlifting gym when you first enter is the most intimidating gym you're going to walk into. Yeah. Five minutes in, you're going to realize it's a community. It's not just a gym. It's not your global gym. Everybody in a powerlifting gym, or most everybody, is here to help each other. It's, it's a different environment. It's more family environment. Don't be intimidated. Get into the gym. Find a good gym that has a good reputation and has a lot of people that have, are like-minded. They're looking to do what you want to do. If you want to powerlift, find a gym that has other powerlifters. If you want to get into bodybuilding, find a gym that has bodybuilders in it. And go into a place that you have like-minded lifters, pick their brain, be open. Yeah. And, you know, I tell everybody, you know, spend some money, buy a couple books on the subject. You know, $15, you spend all this money on all these accessories and supplements and this yeah. Buy a book, read a book by somebody who knows what he's talking about, one or two to help you get a grasp of where you want to start. Yeah, absolutely. Now, and kind of going off that, do you have any, like, book recommendations that you would say are really great? A, a lot of people like Mark Ripito's Starting Strength. Okay. Uh, or Jim Wendland's 531. They're both very good, solid routines. They've been re- around forever. They're proven. Yeah. They'll definitely work. And, you know, running something like that while you establish your own ideas and come up with your own things that you want to try is a great idea. Okay, cool. Yeah, I bet to say, I mean, every week we like to ask people, like, what are uh, book recommendations given their, like, uh, area of expertise? And it's always amazing, like, all of, all of the types of books that you can hear about and, and learn so much from. Um, now... In terms of powerlifting, I feel like there's sort of this very uh, masculine reputation about it. But there obviously are lots of women who are also in the industry. So if, if I was uh, a woman trying to get into powerlifting, it would probably be even more intimidating than if I was a guy. So what would your advice to, to someone like that would be? And sort of how, what is their, how do they fit into the, to the powerlifting world? It would be, it'd be very similar. Or with today, you have the advantage of having Instagram. Yeah. Find a powerlifting female who trains at a local gym and ask her if you could go with her yeah. your first couple of times. The girls kill it. You know, as far as I'm concerned, most of the girls train harder than the guys when, yeah. not, when I'm in here. We're, we're predominantly male in my gym, but the 15 or 20 women we have, they, they keep up with the guys all day long. And, you know, they train hard. They, you know, but they have to train a little different. So it, it is important that they, they learn the differences between how they have to train and how a man has to train. You know, their recovery is a little bit different. Their ability to train at high intensity is a little bit different than ours. But, it, you know, you, like I said, the benefit of social media today is you could find a local girl who yeah. does what you want to do and that, pick a brain and maybe even ask if she could like, walk you through a workout or two. Yeah, it's kind of amazing with the interconnectedness of it all um, with social media influencers. I mean, we've had, we had someone on who had over 500,000 followers on Instagram and, and, and just like the way that it brings people together that normally would have never gotten the chance to meet each other is really amazing. Um, so, and, and you've kind of touched on this a couple times already, but how important do you think it is to have someone be your mentor, your guide, especially in the beginning, um, and sort of almost pay it forward, and then you kind of return that favor as you kind of get your bearings as well? Well, being a gym owner, what I see and what I tell all the kids in here, being that I'm a little bit older than most of them, is when I started this, how it all went was... You had one guy in the group of 10 kids who just knew the most yeah. and programmed and told everybody what to do. What's big now is a lot of people are hiring online coaching, and it's, it's changing it a little bit. Everybody's got a coach, and everybody's... I like the old way better. 
Yeah. You find somebody in the gym who knows something, and he writes down a little something for you, and you try it. Keeps the camaraderie up. Yeah. You know, the new way, obviously, things were evolving, and you have access to high-level powerlifters all over the world. They don't have to be local to you. But I, I like the old way a little bit better. But, I mean, there's both both options are available. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so we're going to hop into a little bit of a different portion of the interview now where basically I'm just going to bounce some rapid-fire questions off of you. Some of them are going to be related to health and fitness, and some of them might not be. Um, so just say uh, whatever comes to your mind. So okay. the first one is uh, really simple. What's the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning? Protein shake. Protein shake? Protein shake. Do you have a, a brand that you like? Because I know there's Beverly, a lot of... Beverly Nutrition. Beverly Nutrition. Because I know there's a lot of basically just crap brands out there. And there's just a lot of... I've yet to find anything better than Beverly Nutrition. Beverly Nutrition. They don't advertise. They don't do anything like that. They've just been around for a long time making a very solid product. Okay, cool. And what are some bad recommendations that you hear constantly in your industry? Hmm. Bad recommendations bad advice that you that you hear people giving to other people or someone comes I, in. I think the biggest problem is, I don't know if people recommend it to other, is that everybody wants to be as strong as they can be right away. Yeah. Just be patient. It takes time. It, you know, nobody walked into the gym strong. Yeah. Well, most, 90, 99% of the people didn't walk into the gym strong. So, kind of going off that, and, and obviously... Um, you know, people expect results immediately, and it's so it's not even fair to themselves in a lot of ways because you got to give yourself time to sort of get good at the things that you've been practicing at. But in terms of eating, what's your let's say your favorite pre and post workout meals? Pre workout, I usually go to shake, shake okay. because I'll have faster faster digesting carbohydrates in it and faster digesting proteins in it. So okay. it can basically give me the fuel I need quicker than a solid meal. Post-workout, I like a, a shake, and then following a shake, I like to have something with a high-quality protein, steak, chicken, with a starchy carb that's a little slower digestion to help me get through it. Okay, cool. So, switching gears a little bit, when you feel overwhelmed or unfocused, what do you do to sort of bring yourself back in? When it comes to training, if I don't feel it's there, I, I'm very big on stacking the chips when they're there. Uh-huh. So if I come to the gym and it's not there, I stop and I walk away. Yeah. You know, I don't... You know, there's so many days that I'm ready to do this the right way that if there's a day there that I'm not, I don't try to force it. Yeah. So I don't really refocus. If if I'm if it if it takes me a week to get my head right, I don't I don't I don't stress it. I've been doing this long enough that I know the gym isn't going anywhere. Yeah. I know that if I miss a week it's not gonna make a difference at the end. Yeah. So I take the days when they're there, which is a lot of them, mm-hmm. and when it's not there, I say to myself, I'm gonna get hurt, I'm gonna do something stupid, I pack it up and I go home. It's actually really smart, and I've never heard that before because a lot of times when I'm having, I don't know, let's say a bad workout or I just don't have the juice that day, right? I always just like, all right, let me just soldier through it and get over it, and, you know, I'll put that crap workout up, and, you know, at least I'll be able to say I worked out. Then there are days when I'm feeling great, and I could definitely go a little bit more, but I'm just like, all right, well, I already finished my workout. I should save myself for tomorrow. So that's really really good and and unique advice. You know, like just to add on that, just a little bit in powerlifting thing is – we're working with, with big weights. Yeah. So, for me, instance, if I'm benching, I'm benching over 450 every workout, yeah. or most workouts. So, if I'm if it's not there and I make a mistake, I'm not making a mistake with a 20-pound dumbbell. I'm making yeah. a mistake with, with 450 pounds in my hands, or from squatting. I got 800 pounds on the bar. Yeah. And it's not that mentally. You can't fake that. Yeah, so, yeah. it kind of weeds, weeds that kind of stuff out a little bit. Yeah, you can't afford to make a mistake exactly. with that kind of weight. Um, so... 
What's a purchase that you've made in, let's say, the last year that was less than a hundred bucks that has positively impacted your life? Gym related, I bought an ex-wife from Donnie Thompson. Okay, what's Basically, that? it's a large piece of steel that you use like a foam roller, but you roll it over yourself instead of rolling yourself over it. Really? Okay. Yes. So how does that, well, what does it do? Like Myofascial release. It basically, let's look at all your muscle fibers like spaghetti that's all kneaded together. You roll, you roll this over it and it basically kneads it out and gets all your muscles aligned and straight and just organized. Gotcha. And how much did something like that cost you? hundred bucks. A hundred bucks. And where, can you get it on like Amazon or? Contact Donnie Thompson or I think his, uh, he's on Instagram, but it's Donnie Thompson. Okay, cool. And then this is a fun one. Um, what is one unusual habit or absurd thing that you do that you love? Could be anything. Doesn't have to necessarily be fitness related. Unusual habit or I don't know. I uh I mean it's weird. I train to love songs. There you go. Okay, that's great. I work out the love music. Okay, usually so... it's gotta be on I can't let the guys in here know I have to put my headphones on, but, <laughs> but I'll be usually squatting heavy or something to Adele crying. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. So um that about wraps up all the questions I have for you about powerlifting. I don't know if you have any final thoughts or final tips that you'd want people to know. Just about. just just in general, if you if powerlifting is something you want to do, find a place that's got a good reputation. Get in there. I promise you, all the old school guys like myself love to see the new generation coming in. We want to help you. You know, be open to being helped. You know, everybody today, a little the millennials, they got this thing that they know it all. Yeah. You don't. <laughs> and I use the analogy all the time. If you have to have a heart operation done, would you want it done by somebody that's done the operation 4,000 times but never went to school? Or somebody that came out of Harvard but's never done the operation? Exactly. You know, put a little trust in the people that have been there before and laid the tracks. Get in there, learn as much as you can, and lift hard and smart. Perfect, great. So, special thanks to Jack for being on the podcast today. Again, he's the owner of Hybrid Strength. Um, really, yeah, thanks for I think you brought a really great perspective. Appreciate and, um, it. You know, it was a lot of fun learning about powerlifting. So, thanks again. I hope you enjoyed, everybody, and we will uh, see you again next week. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. That's it for the Sweatcast today. I'm Jack Brady. Hit that like or love button. Remember to share this podcast. The Sweatcast is every Wednesday at 9 a.m. You can also find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and CastBox. Remember to keep sweating, and see you next week.